0: Good morning again. It's uh, good to be back up here. seemed like the last time I was here, this place was jam-packed. It was a sunrise service, and there was no room for air, and I was nervous then, Ricky, and I think I'm nervous again today. So we'll see how we get through this. Pastor Joe uh, come down a little sick Wednesday, and uh, he's got a lot sicker as he went along. He called me yesterday and said he just didn't have enough breath. kind of get up here he thought to give us a sermon so remember him in prayer as he recovers the family so far he told me yesterday did not have this uh, sickness that he has and I don't know all the symptoms but he I know he would be here if he could so um, we're going to be over in Galatians 5 and almost this morning I had to sit down as soon as Sunday school was over with and rewrite my sermon because Roger kind of touched on it a little bit in Sunday school, but <clears throat> as we get started and as you're looking up in Galatians five, um, sometimes I'll see something written on a plaque. Uh, sometimes I'll hear something or read something. And I think, how can that, how can that be used for God's purpose? How can that, that, that is just something w- very good saying, so a couple of months ago, I think right around November uh, at our house, we get this book from REA I think it's called country living and it's kind of a neat little book and I'll read about every little article. And this one article I read and it said, bloom where you're planted. And I thought, I looked at that and I thought bloom where you're planted. And then, then I had this crazy thought that, I think that would preach, and so as I try to tie this in, uh, this article was about poinsettias. This article was about how that this this family has started with uh, raising poinsettias. I think their, their nursery is down just below St. Louis on the Missouri side, and it's got it's grown and grown to where they talk about poinsettias and they know how to everything about poinsettias. And as you can see up here. Uh, they are very, very beautiful flower. But I know about this one lady one time. She had heard that if you take a poinsettia after you're done with it on a Christmas and if you put it in a dark area if you cover it in a paper sack, it'll be good for next year. But that lady failed to realize that once you get it back out, you have to water that poinsettia every once in a while or it just is no good come next winter but I've heard that that works. But as I try to uh, think about this and how to think about the word bloom, I think about my garden, uh, our garden, Ron and I's garden, we have uh, fruit trees and we have uh, a garden, uh, the beans, soy, uh, the, the green beans, they bloom, they produce off that bloom, they produce something that's very good to eat. Potatoes will bloom. They produce a, a, a nice treat. The corn, when so many in so many words, Justin had to help me because I'm not uh, that up on it. But what I look at it when that tassel blooms out and it falls down, it creates an ear. It creates corn. We like that, don't we? We like to see bloom. Um, we also have strawberries, and I love strawberries. And about mid-May, something like that, they'll be completely covered with white blooms so that I can go out there in June and pick them. Uh, The strawberries as you know, they're very colorful. They are um, attractive to look at and almost they're inviting. Um, I would talk like to, I got to back up. I got ahead of my horses. But when, when I talk about the bloom that I'm talking about, um, I want to talk about three different areas that this bloom that talk about our life, our life, and we're going to tie this from strawberries to us serving in God's house. I'm going to talk about the strawberry is attractive, it's tasteful, and it's also rewarding. So if we look at that strawberry in the garden and it's the red color catches your eye and you can't wait to eat one. I can't kind of like I'm hoping I know my grandkids, they'll check it out and they'll go look at them and they'll, they'll ask if it's time and they love to pick them. And then sometimes when you start getting to see that attractive look, you just can't wait no longer. You got to taste one, don't you? You got to go out there and grab one. Is this thing ready? Is it still just like it was last year? You know that unique flavor that you when you bite down in it and that unique flavor that you remember, and that strawberry' is good I hope everybody loves strawberries here. Maybe somebody don't. But I love them, and that unique taste comes back to you. The juices drip down through your fingers as you're standing out there eating that one strawberry, maybe two, and it was good. It was tasteful. And then while you pick the whole mess and you eat a lot as you're picking, don't we, you kind of eat more than you pick. And then it's rewarding for all the hard work that you have in that delightful fruit. So we have tasteful, we have attractive, we have tasteful and we have rewarding in that strawberry plant the same way with the tomato plant. I think that, um, I eat more tomatoes because I'll about two o'clock in the afternoon, I'll go out and get that ripe tomato that bloomed somewhere around June and it produced a nice tomato and I'll just go out and eat it because to me, it's a good snack. I, I get energy from it, I'd like the taste of it. I also like it when my wife puts them up, I also like them sliced up on a nice, I'm, I'm kind of funny when it comes to food, but you give me a fresh bread, mayonnaise and that tomato, I've got me a sandwich it's good eating but if you slice a good old cheeseburger on there and pickles and everything else that tomato is good but uh, tomatoes are good strawberries are good but that tomato is attractive it invites you I know my grandkids and my wife uh, she likes them cherry tomatoes and she'll go out there and pick them pick them and pick them and eat them and my grandkids do too, but they're attractive. They catch your eye, they make you look at them, they make you think about them. They're tasteful, we remember that from year after year. We remember them, they are steadfast in their tastefulness. And it's rewarding whenever my wife puts them up and we get to eat them in the wintertime, same way with the strawberries, we can bring that strawberry out and have a good old cobbler or a pie or whatever you can make out of it in january a day like today today's pretty day though isn't it sun shining when i thought about the title of the article bloom where you're planted i thought about our service in the local church i thought about no matter where you're at when god places you you think you should serve When God places you in a place where you should serve to bring glory to our Father. Joe right now is placed here. We've had many pastors serve in this capacity in this area here. When you're placed as a congregation, when we're placed here, I don't think we're placed here just to fill a seat. I think we're placed here to serve, to glorify God, to make things work for His glory. And um, in that last song it says, God's going He's got it all. He takes care of it all. He does it all for us. I, I, when God plants us in a church family, we should end up attractive. Tasteful. And rewarding to our heavenly father. We should be pleasing aroma to him. Not a fruit that is spoiling. Somewhere in the the Bible, somewhere in a text, it says that He enjoys that pleasing aroma when we serve Him, when we're obedient to Him. Now I don't know the verses right now, and I didn't look them up, but we're supposed to be pleasing aroma to Him. He likes to see us. He likes to see us at work for Him. He likes to see us serving for Him. And um, sometimes in local churches, it. Uh, it the 20% that does the 80% of the work needs help. You need to be involved in that church body. You need to be serving in the community. We think about missionaries where they're placed. They have tough times, but they are attractive, they're tasteful, and it's rewarding to the Father as He looks at what they've done. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, And we receive the Holy Spirit, which He said He was going to leave a spirit to stay with us, to help us, to guide us, to to be a counselor for us, and to to help us to get through things. We are given godly characters. We are given godly characters that uh, we're supposed to imitate, resemble our God and our Father in the community. I think about what I'm talking about to be attractive and tasteful as we serve in the last couple of years it's been um kind of like it's crazy we have fear we have we're not we we there's so many questions on whether or not we wear a mask don't wear a mask go to here or go there we don't know what's going to happen and now it's all coming back again in the last couple of days and we think about all the things that people's thinking and who'd better, who's better than some scientist to tell the people on how to get along, how the people to, to to handle this is a Christian who believes in our God and our Father who's going to handle it the best way. I think that we have to have we have faith, but we have to have confidence. And that's how we step out in faith is confidence in what the word says. But when I think about the characters of God, and we can sit here and name a thousand of them, but I, I would like for us to think about the two characters I've been talking about. We should be attractive to the people out there that's not in these buildings, not in the ones in Winchester, not in the ones that, that don't come on the root house, that don't come to Saddleback in California, that don't come down to Passion City Church in Georgia, don't go to the Tabernacle in New Jersey, New York. But the church people, born again believers, us, we are the church. And are we being attractive? Are we being tasteful to the people out there that don't know anything about Jesus and scared and wondering what they should hear? There might be somebody today that... uh, I asked her if I was going to be on NBC or ABC or CBS, and she just did that chuckle that she just did there. But uh, I don't know where I'm going to be at, but there might be somebody listening to this old man stumble through this that's just waiting to hear about Jesus. If we turn to Galatians and we look in chapter 5 and we look at, verses 22 and 23 I would like to think as you think and we read this think about how that you personally can be attractive, how you can be tasteful somebody that might see you that want to come back and talk with you. Galatians chapter 5 that's the fruit of the spirit as we're talking. Let's start in verse 13 please and we'll read um, clear down to chapter 23 verse 23. Galatians 5:13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another. Remember that part. Humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbors as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So what I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not you not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and even drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And in our text today, it's the fruits of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control against such things. There is no law. These are things I've just put it in my way of things. This is what the characters of God is all about. This is when we receive Jesus and we accept Jesus, our savior, as I said before, it says in the text that he'll send us a spirit to live in amongst us. And that spirit will live inside our bodies. And that spirit will counsel us, give us wisdom, help us get through things. But also in that, the fruits of the spirit, the results, the results of the spirit is these nine things. The results of God's spirit talking to you will enhance you to where you have these nine qualities. They may not all pop out once. That'd be really confusing, wouldn't it? Because you think whenever we accept Christ Christ our Savior, we don't know anything about this most generally. We're on the other side of that. And all of a sudden, when we accept Jesus our Savior, these things start popping into our thoughts. We start wanting to be like this. We start wanting, wanting to be attractive to the outside world we start wanting to be tasteful to the outside world, a taste of Jesus, a taste of what we have. Remember, they are results of constant, steadfast studying in God's Word. They are a result. they got to be developed in us. And if I look around this congregation, I think... We have a few of them already developed in us as long as some of you has been studying the words, God's word. When we stay in tune with God, love him and imitate him. We will show love to God and our neighbors. And what's the number one law that God would like for us to do? Love him. The number one law. They had all the other laws in the old Testament, but the number one law that we have to do right now is love him. And if we love him, we love our neighbors. Our neighbor may not be our next door guy it may not be the guy that lives next to us. It may be the guy that's a mile and a half down. It might be the neighbor or just a guy acquaintance you come across, but we got to love Him. And if we stay focused in God and if we stay in tune with God, And if we love Him first, as it said in Galatians, there's some stuff we don't need in our life anymore. There's some stuff that will take us away from that fruit of the Spirit. It just says it right there. If we live this kind of godly life, we will be attractive to the world around us. They'll see how that we handle situations. They'll see how that we come to church and park out in the middle of the street. They'll see how and wade through snow. They'll see how that we give a helping hand. They'll see that and it makes it attractive. Well, what kind of life does Randy have? They also, as we talked Wednesday night, surely we talked about a good attitude and a bad attitude, didn't we? Sometimes a good attitude and sometimes we had a bad attitude and they can also see the bad attitude in me. They can see the bad attitude in you. But as we work through this, as we think about the fruits of the Spirit, it's there for us to use. I think we can accomplish this. These should shine in a dark world like the red strawberries in the dusk of the evening. That attractiveness that we have should shine through. What's out there on the other side is what this text talked about. If I go to um, the tasteful side of this, attractiveness and tasteful, I'm going to read Galatians thir- 5, 13 and 15 again. It says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use freedom to indulge the flesh. But here we go. Rather serve one another... Humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilling and keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. 15 says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. If we're going to be tasteful and attractive, we have the fruits of the spirit. If we go back up to verse 13, it says, serve one another. Humbly in love. If we reach out to the world and we serve them and we we help them, we see their need and we humbly love them. And it also goes down to say, love your neighbor as yourself. And you've heard that sermon preached many times, but I think it's still something we got to think about. Sometimes I think that we're getting farther and farther away. The closeness, relationships to our neighbors. I think we're, we're, it's easier just to text them than, hey, how's it going? I saw, I saw you having car trouble. Let me help you. You know, um, I think that uh, we've got farther and farther away from that little close bond. Uh, just stopping by. Um, just stopping by and seeing how they're doing. Praying with them. Saying, I, I know my father loves you. You know, just things like that. Be tasteful. If I look at the one fruit out of all them, all them nine, I, I look at kindness. I look at c- the word kindness. And I don't have the dictionary in front of me. I don't have the, the answer to that word kindness. But I think you guys could, if I went started with my wife and ended up over here with Becky and went around, you guys could name me somebody in your life that was kind to you. Somebody that went above and beyond and just treated you with kindness. Kindness is a, a good word. If we have genuine, really godly kindness, that would be a kindness that is the same every day. I think we can be tasteful. Then the people would see a, a daily basis, um, we'd see a family, our family, our neighbors would like the taste, our co-workers, the, the woman that works at the post office would like to see that godly kindness. The woman is a schoolteacher. The heroes at the hospital. The heroes—the nurses, the ambulance, the policemen—show them kindness. The person at Walmart—show them kindness. That humbly love, that humble love, that they speak in, Paul speaks about in Galatians. People would rather see. God at his best in us, and I know they would remember his kindness like that unforgettable taste of a strawberry. I can remember a lot of people that was kind to me. I can remember a lot of people that wasn't kind to me. But I hope which one was the best tasting, it was the one that was kind to me. Last Wednesday night, we was in the book of John, uh, chapter nine. And in that book of John, it ended in chapter eight, where Jesus was fleeing to get away from being stoned, because he made the Pharisees unhappy. And somehow, he in the Bible says that he was able to disappear. He was able to flee. And then it goes on into the next chapter 9, and I don't know whether that's chronological or whatever, but his disciples was traveling with him. And they they come across a blind man. And the story goes on to say that Jesus reached down and got some dirt, spit in it, and rubbed it in that blind man's eyes because he'd been blind since birth. His disciples says, Right off the bat, before he rubbed the dirt in there, or the mud in there, he said, what, what did this guy do? What, what kind of sin did he do? And Jesus rebukes him and rebukes him and says it wasn't a sin that caused his blindness. And I'll get to the point here in just a minute. But as they go on and Jesus rubs the, the mud in the man's eyes, he, Jesus was kind. He humbled The king of all kings. He humbled himself and got dirt. Went back to the genuine, how we was all made out of dirt. And he spit in it and made a mud. And he rubbed in that man's eyes that could not see. And that man, by that humble love, that genuine love that we have, if we dig deep, and that man could see. He went to the, to the well the, the spring and he washed it. When them, that mud came off his eyes, he could see. Never saw anything in his life. But not only could he see Roger and Jordan, but he saw with his heart. Spiritually, he could see. It goes on in that story And it talks about this man's neighbors who had saw this guy. Every day he went up from his home and he went to this one location and he begged for help. And it talks about his neighbors. When they saw this man come back into the community, this neighbor says, is that the same guy? Is that him? And this whole time, the way I get it, his neighbors knew he was a blind man. They'd walk past him. Walk past him. Walk past him. they did not really see who he was. They did not know him. They knew him as a blind man. And I can't say every one of them did not try to help. But I know what our Lord Jesus, our Savior, did. He was busy. He was fleeing. And he tried and he helped. He helped him, excuse me. I think in in that story right there, I think that speaks to the churches of this country. I think that we don't need to wait to be asked to help. I think we should be observant to the people that were around us and truly, truly understand what they're going through. Truly, truly try to help them in a humbling love and make ourselves attractive and tasteful The rewarding part, I said, we're attractive, we're tasteful when we serve our Lord, when we serve God, when we're obedient to what He wants, when we love our neighbor and love Him. We will be tasteful and attractive. We will reach out and help. If we turn to Matthew chapter 10, I told you it was rewarding whenever we got to eat them fresh fruit, whenever we got to eat that tomato later in January. But it's rewarding to our Father, our Heavenly Father, whenever we show godly love, whenever we reach out to our neighbors, to our friends. And I'm not saying this church does not, is not kind. I'm not saying that whatsoever. But I think if we're good at being kind, I think we can be better at being kind. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 40, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. I took out of that whole text in Matthew. I took one verse. And that whole text is about persecution, but I took out of there because it says anyone who welcomes you. Okay. If I would say anyone that I speak to about our Lord and savior or Jesus Christ or my heavenly father, if I talk to him, if I'm attractive, attractive or tasteful in what we should be doing as Christians. I can say, if anybody welcomes you, us, you, all over the world, if anyone welcomes you and wants to listen to you, and hears what we do, sees what the church does, do, not, not, not so much Manchester, the title of Manchester, but God's church, the people that are born again. If, we are, if they welcome us because we have imitated Christ, Because we have showed humble love, what he did, then they welcome him. This is Jesus talking. If they welcome me, they welcome Jesus. And if they welcome Jesus, what's it say? And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. And that was our Heavenly Father, God. Isn't that the way church should be seen? Isn't it the way church should be doing business? Is that people see the individual, a group of people, and then they see Jesus, and then they see our Father, God. That, that's what it's all about. That's what being church is all about. The fruits of the Spirit, kindness and I, I don't know but I really truly believe that if a church is doing them things I think you'll see them prosper I think you'll see them prosper and I don't mean money I think you'll see souls being changed souls coming into the church body hearts being changed. If I show my humble heart to somebody, uh, God's got a way of humbling the other person's heart. God's got a way. When we live godly lives, showing kindness, peace, patience to others, it will be rewarding to our father. It's not about me. It's about Jesus being pleased by the aroma the way we've acted when we stay obedient and show love to our God and our neighbors, we become tasteful and attractive for God's kingdom. The results of godly lifestyle is rewarding to glorify God. If, if us 60, I'll say, maybe there's only 50 here today. If we would show this week, tomorrow, today, a life, a godly lifestyle, our father's going to be rewarded because he's going to get the glory. He is going to get the glory. Can we bloom? We talk, go back to that word bloom again. Can we bloom where we serve and be attractive and tasteful? I think we can. Can we be a fresh fruit fruit in somebody's life, we have an opportunity right now, Randy, and if you want to come and Carol and get into the invitation, we have an opportunity right now in this. I call it about fifty feet. I call it the altar. You can call it whatever you want to. I know people will tell me that. <laughs> that you can come to the altar no matter where you're at, but I think this place was designed, this, this sanctuary was designed so that if you, could, if you could dream with me, if you could dream with me that God's arms are reaching out and embracing every one of us, and you could come up here. You know there's people that's been in churches all their life and never, ever cracked a knee up here on this altar. Never, ever come forward and bent a knee and just says, thank you, Lord. But we have an opportunity right now. If we need to settle some rot, some spoil that we're not producing as a good fruit in our lives, we got an opportunity right now. Come forward. We have an opportunity now to ask God, how can we serve him better? So as Randy and Carol play, you're given that opportunity, and then we'll close in just a minute. If you would just take
1: your hymn books in front of you and uh, turn to page 419. I just appreciate the challenge and the heart that Randy shared with us today. And with those virtues of the fruit of the Spirit, when we get those right, then we're working as a family of God. Amen. And that just kept coming to my head today. So we're not singing the song that's in the bulletin, but I just think as we strive to show those virtues that Randy shared with us, I read one time somebody said, what's the difference between kindness and goodness? And Paul uses that a lot, those two words together. And this writer said, kindness is an inward virtue. Mm -hmm. And because of your kindness, you show the goodness externally. But you can't show it unless you have the kindness inwardly. Mm -hmm.
0: And so if you would stand with us, let's sing this. Probably, let's do it three times. We have a a few announcements. We'll go ahead and have church tonight. I think I can come up with another little uh, devotion of some kind to fill in that spot. So there's church tonight, church uh, Wednesday night. Uh, I don't, the bottles, Harriet said there's no bottles here here yet, but there'll be the bulletin insert here will get you through that. And then also remember the Vedder family and there's a, uh, the obituary there is, is in, the, in the bulletin. So if there's no other announcements, I wonder if Tom Campbell, if you'd dismiss us in prayer, please.